everyone, you're now listening to The Midnight Watch, where motto is, standing on watch for you against bad movies. I'm Philip Powell. And I'm Nicholas Allen. And tonight's film, we go to war, because tonight's film is Captain America, Civil War. Captain, while a great many people see you as a hero, there are some who'd prefer the word vigilante. You've operated with unlimited power and no supervision. That's something the world can no longer tolerate. I know how much Bucky means to you. Stay out of this one, please. You only make this worse. You saying you'll arrest me? There will be consequences. In this film, Captain America and the other Avengers are starting to be held accountable for their actions after a botched Avengers mission at the beginning of the film. The government comes up, well, in conjunction with the UN, comes up with what they call the Sokovia Accords, which would dictate when and where the Avengers are needed, if needed at all. Some of the heroes decide it's the right thing to do to sign it. Some of them don't. And their ideals begin to cause a rift between the group. And at the same time, Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier, is implemented in a massive terrorist attack that he may or may not actually be responsible for. And the Sokovia Accords cause some friction when it comes to terms on how to deal with Bucky. Phil, what did you think of Captain America Civil War? Uh, it should be no surprise to anybody listening to the show. I thought it was awesome. I, the hardest part is to decide where to begin on what I liked about this movie. I guess I'll begin with uh, some of the stuff they fixed in this movie from Age of Ultron. Like, even though I liked Age of Ultron, one of the criticisms I agree with is what they did to Black Widow, how they kind of made her a nothing character and a damsel in distress. Yeah, they... They completely got rid of that now. She's back to badass Black Widow. But I like that they added the element because she's basically the most conflicted character because on one hand, she agrees with Tony that the Avengers need to put in check, which makes sense because you kind of forget. But before she was an Avengers, Black Widow was a spy like Bucky, so she probably didn't kill hundreds of people in her life. So it makes sense she would be like, yeah... Innocent people are getting hurt. We kind of need to be put in check, Steve. But outside of Hawkeye, the Avengers she's closest to and most friends with is Captain America. And I loved how they paid off their relationship from Winter Soldier and kept it going. And she's kind of like Cap's emotional rock because there's that scene in the trailer. I won't spoil whose friend or it is, but... She's basically there to be his emotional support. They have a nice scene where he's like, yeah, I'm not signing this bill. And then he's basically asking her, like, why are you here? If you knew I wasn't going to sign, she's like, I didn't want you to be alone. This is a rough thing for you, this funeral. So I'm just here to be your friend. We're still friends, even though we disagree. So... Yeah, when it comes to her characterization, too, I think it benefited from the fact that Bruce Banner is not in the film. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people take exception with that because they wanted to see Bruce Banner as the Hulk in this film. But, but I mean, it gives you time to work yeah. and kind of 
retcon a lot of the nonsense yeah. that happened in Age of Ultron. And but it will be interesting to see how they deal with her character mm-hmm. once they do re- reintroduce Bruce Banner yeah. to the fold because the Russo brothers, who did this film and Winter Soldier, are going to be doing the Avengers Infinity Wars films, mm-hmm. even though they're not going to be called Infinity Wars anymore. Yeah, which but, makes sense after you see this movie, why they're changing the name. No, I don't think that's why. I think the reason why they're changing the name off topic for a second is they're trying to fool people like Allegiant did, where the general public does not yet know that that is a two-part film. Okay. And so I think they're trying to give them each individual names to trick people into seeing part one because they know if people know there's a part one and part two, most likely one of those parts is going to suffer and not make as much money. So eliminate the parts and people might come out to see it. I think that's what they're doing with that. Okay. But, uh, I think Bruce Banner not being here is part of the reason why that was able to be achieved. Mm-hmm. And I also think Skydra has to give a really solely good performance because there's little moments where she kind of tries to be her usual still crack jokes, but then she gets like this little smile frown on her face that if you're not paying attention, you probably don't even notice, but I did. And it, it was like really compelling and really great. <laughs> and, well, and you could tell her heart really ain't in it. <laughs> well, I like this film. Mm-hmm. It's the first like Marvel film I've liked in a while yep. because mm-hmm. did not care for Ant Man at all. Mm-hmm. I still think Ant Man was garbage, mm-hmm. and I like this film. The emotion seems real, which is something that was missing from Batman vs Superman. Yeah, mm-hmm. it wasn't going to be long before we threw in comparison yeah, because because they it, have similar it plots. Needs to be compared, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the emotional weight that that movie was striving for, this movie achieves. Mm-hmm. Uh, the performances are great. The action is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the effects were okay. Others yeah, were kind of like questionable. There, there's one scene with Black Panther where I'm like, ooh, that's an unfinished effect. <laughs> and it's obvious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, the pacing is very well. I saw this at a midnight showing. The movie is nearly two and a half hours. Yep. So I was worried that, well, if the movie gets slow, I might be falling asleep because mm-hmm. I just got out of work and I'm coming to see this movie. Mm-hmm. But I was wide awake throughout the entire thing. Didn't take a bathroom break. Didn't mm-hmm. want to take a bathroom break. I'm like, oh, I don't want to miss nothing. Right. I don't know when is a good time to take a bathroom break. And even seeing it the second time around, when I did take the bathroom break, it was quick. Because I've mm-hmm. seen it twice already. And yeah, I have to. Yeah. So, obviously, we thought the movie. Yeah, and going on the action scenes, uh, yeah. Especially the stuff with Winter Soldier, which I immediately thought of you in the Winter Soldier scenes, because it's clear the Russo brothers are, with this movie and Winter Soldier are big fans of Paul Greengrass and the Jason Bourne movies. Because yeah. there's a particular scene you'll know, especially if you're a huge Bourne fan like Nick, where literally Winter Soldier's escape is straight out of a Bourne movie, and I have no problem with it, because it was also... <laughs> But and it was also on my mind because one of the trailers I got before this, the first time I saw it was for the fourth Bar movie, so it was already in my head. But as soon as I saw his little escape and running through the house, like yeah, Nick is probably eating this up because it's straight out of Bar movie and he loves the. Movie. I'm like, you're not and Matt Damon. He, he you're not pulls, Matt Damon. He even pulls this is well, this yeah, this is he even pulls 
a similar move in a staircase to what Jason Moore does in the first Moore movie. Where wow. I was like, I see what you did there, Russo's. Yeah. But Jason Bourne. <laughs> I, I see what you did there. Clever. Bucky has an unfair advantage, though. Well, yeah. And Jason Bourne took it like a man. Yeah. But I was like, I, I, I see what you did there. Awesome. And then the other thing that both me and you said was we kind of felt like in Winter Soldier, they kind of nerfed Falcon. They completely fixed that in this movie. Yeah. He's awesome. This is the Falcon I wanted. Like this is what you should have got. Right, the upgrades he got are awesome. Like it's like, oh my god, you're actually a useful member yeah, of the team. And I, now. I even yeah, one of the more useful. And I even like how they introduced Laser Beak, which in the comics is his pet Falcon. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those comics are where people in the comics Falcon can like use. He has this like telepathic connection with birds where he can use them as like. Uh. Spies and see through their eyes. Yeah, basically in this movie to make it simple, they made the drones, which is fine. Yeah, that's fine. That, that's more <laughs> and, acceptable. Yeah, and I like that they made his wings retractable, and he seems much more comfortable in the suit. Yeah. And with himself, like in this movie, him and Cap feel like equals. Like there's that scene from the trailer where he's like, "You should to Steve, like you sure? Because usually people who shoot at you shoot at me, so I'm just trying to make sure we know our options. Like he he felt like Cap's partner, not not that dude. Which brings me, I guess, to my one minor complaint, which is that Rhodey still feels like an accessory kid to Iron Man. I don't care. Don Cheadle's a good actor. He tries with what he's given. He gives a good performance for what he's given. But yeah, out of the three black superheroes, he's the one I'm like ah. You can go away. <laughs> I, I don't give a crap. I completely agree with you. And I want to say something that I don't think I've said it on recording before, but mm-hmm. I, we might have talked about it before. I think that in retrospective, Terrence Howard should have stayed as Rhodey because of the fact that I noticed when Terrence Howard was playing Rhodey, maybe it's just because of the way Terrence Howard acts, mm-hmm. but he seemed to have a backbone. When Tony mm-hmm. was out of line, he told Tony he was out of line, basically with this voice that implied, look, if I have to, I will beat your ass to get you straight. Mm-hmm. Because right now, you are just acting a complete fool of yourself. Mm-hmm. Whereas Don Cheadle's roadie is kind of like, okay, Tony, you know you're wrong. But I'm going to do what you say anyway because reasons. Yeah, He's such a pushover, whereas Terrence Howard put his foot down. And Don Cheadle's roadie has not been proactive at all, which... Nope. No, I, I think I'll save that part for later in the okay. discussion about Apocalypse that we had earlier. Okay. But really when it comes down to it, he has not progressed at all. Iron Man 2, what did he do? Oh, he stole Tony's suit and then gave it to the military. And then was surprised that the military weaponized it and wanted to use it for their own purposes. Mm-hmm. Oh, you had one scene where you badassly took out a bunch of drones. That's cool, but that's it. That's all you contributed. Iron Man mm-hmm. 3 was even worse. You only wore the suit for two minutes, then got it taken off you, and spent the rest of the movie running around with the pistol like it's lethal weapon. Mm-hmm. And now in this movie, eh, I don't really know how to chalk it up. They wrote the character in a specific way, but the way they wrote him, I just don't care for him. Yeah, because he's not given any kind of life outside of Tony yeah. in the military. He's basically, I'm a military guy. He's not Tony's an independent thinker. Friend. Right. He just does whatever Tony, oh, Tony is for the Sokovia Accords? I am too. Because well, I, that I kind of get because he is a military guy, and Thunderbolt Ross is the one who pitches it to him. So I can see Rhodey being the type of guy who admires 
Thunderbolt Ross like yeah this is just legendary military yeah. guy he's just really expendable at this point he is <laughs> which so, is a shame but he, he is but yeah Falcon awesome keep it up Russo's now Black Panther mm-hmm. also awesome yes uh I mean, I never had a doubt. I know some people are like, I, I don't trust Marvel and basically white people with this character doing right. But, yeah, well, all I got to say to those people, you were wrong, wrong, wrong. Let's say he <laughs> co-steals the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because there's another character uh-huh. that you all know who right, I'm talking right, about that right. also steals the show as yep. well and puts on a fantastic performance. Mm-hmm. Well, and then there's a third character, too. Uh... That's already been in the movies before, but this yeah. time out, they actually made me care, and that character is Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Ant-Man shows up for the battle, of course, yep. as advertised, and I found that in this movie, I really enjoyed Ant-Man, I think it speaks to the problem with making an Ant-Man movie, is that I feel he works better as a member of a group where he has people to bounce off of, rather than... A solo act because he's just not that interesting by himself. Yeah, I think it goes back to even though I like Ant Man one, Chris and I had, which is they made him too good of a guy from the start. Like there was really no redemptive arc for him. Well, there was supposed to be because he was in jail. Yeah, but there wasn't. He was a good guy that got in a bad situation, right? So So it's like he's a good guy. He continues to be a good guy. Yeah, I liked him a lot too because he basically filled that role that he was the comic relief. Yeah, and he was pretty funny. Yeah, he filled that role for Hawkeye, who is in this movie. But he's basically the guy, like yeah, Captain America, Iron Man. I'm just nerding out because I'm just a guy. I have a cool suit, but I, I understand I'm not Captain America or Iron Man or Thor or Hulk or anybody. I'm just a guy. Yeah. And there's a great comic book Easter egg for him that I won't spoil that I was nerding out when it happened. I was like, I'm sure a lot of people nerding it out, yeah. Are they going to do it? Oh my God, they did it. And I was so happy. I was like, yes. Yeah. And... <laughs> I also liked uh, what they did with Bucky here. Mm-hmm. They kind of fleshed out his character uh-huh. much more than before. They also kind of presented him a little bit more vulnerable than I would have expected for yeah. this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, for well, I'm not going to talk. Well, about I mean, that it one. makes sense. Like basically, half his life is gone. He's basically like Cap, where he's technically somebody from a bygone era but he has to live in modern times yeah plus he has the extra weight unlike cap of yeah even though i had no control i killed people for 30 years and you can't just wipe that away yeah even though cap is the one like no you're still my best buddy bucky you're still a guy i hung out with and defended me from bullies and we joke around and yeah we fought uh, in war together. You're you're still my best friend. <laughs> and speaking on the humor, they do insert that in this movie. Mm-hmm. But this time around, well, with the exception of like maybe a couple parts, mm-hmm. I felt it was more natural than mm-hmm. most Marvel movies, where they just shove in humor, which is one of the reasons why I hated Ant Man. Mm-hmm. They overindulged it in an Ant Man every single time. Mm-hmm. You catch your breath. Oh, here's a joke for you. You didn't need that joke, but they just kept doing mm-hmm. it. Whereas here, the emotional weight 
It's so strong. It's yeah, like, it's, it's basically a release valve and all the humor here is yeah. tied to the character. It's natural humor. Yeah, yeah. like there, there's a great... <laughs> Let me guess, the scene involving Bucky, Cap, and Falcon? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody yeah, pretty much. Yeah, where they basically, there's a scene where Cap has a nice moment that I liked. Yeah. I, I know some people felt like it was kind of out of nowhere, and it kind of was in the fact where they hadn't developed that romantic relationship enough yet. Yeah. But yeah, it's nice where, yeah, Cap and Bucky just have the best friend face, <laughs> like, I don't know. And Cap just looks at him like, come, come on, guys, come on. <laughs> and they're just like, all right, Steve, woo! <laughs> and then there's also a funny part where Bucky and Falcon are fighting Spider Man, and. Fireman thinks he has him trapped, and then Falcon pulls out his drone, and Bucky's like, you waited till now to pull that out? And Sam's just like, I hate you. Because <laughs> it's understandable, because he basically sees Bucky as like, oh, you just want to come in here? I'm Cap's best friend now. Nah, you got to get to the bank of line, because there's another funny moment, that scene from the trailer where Bucky wakes up, and Falcon and Steve are talking to him, and he makes the joke about, Steve's mom and Falcon's like, oh, you, I'm supposed to just trust him now because he made a joke about your mom <laughs> <laughs> after he tried to kill us, Steve. <laughs> well, then speaking of the relationships, this movie did something I didn't think it was going to do. Mm-hmm. And they made me kind of care about Tony Stark again. Yeah. Because based on the trailers, it seemed that they had really flimsy reasons for mm-hmm. Tony wanting to sign the Scooby Accord. Basically, for this whole fight to happen, mm-hmm. it seemed really flimsy. And even when the actual movie comes, you could still poke holes in some of the reasons why this fight is happening, and it still comes down to fan service. But... Kind of. I'm talking about the airport fight. Oh, well, yeah. That... The airport fight. Now, the ultimate fight that you see with Cap, Bucky, and Iron Man, there's way more to it than that that actually gives resonance mm-hmm. to that line from the first trailer that I thought was bullshit when I saw it the first time right. where Cap says, sorry, Tony, I wouldn't do this if I had any other choice, but he's right. my friend. Tony's like, so was I. And I'm like, oh, bullshit, you guys were never friends. Whereas this movie, had they had so many moments together where it's like, okay, now they actually feel like friends. Like, mm-hmm. they're actually trying to compromise. It... The trailers kind of did a disservice. They made it seem like Tony was being overly aggressive because, you know, Cap is like, you know, well, that's not the way I see it. And Tony's like, oh, sometimes I just want to punch you in your perfect teeth. It's like, no, it, you escalated that super quick in the yeah. trailer. Whereas they make it seem yeah, like it's a serious a moment. It's really not. Yeah, that's a jokey moment. Yeah, Tony says, he, I want to punch you in your perfect he teeth. He brings it up yeah. like they have a great moment where uh, Tony is talking about his parents and. Uh, Steve Cap is like, yeah, I'm glad your dad got married. Because when I knew him, he was basically single and screwing anything with bags and breasts. Yeah, and Tony's all like, oh, you knew my dad, really? <laughs> it's not like I ever heard him talk about that, you know, a thousand times. Yeah, and it, it makes sense why there's that conflict between Cap and Tony. Because basically, in Tony's eyes, Cap is that much older brother son. who basically could do no wrong. And Tony's like the screw-up little brother, and he resents it like he hates that he does he hates cap because of that because caps is such a nice guy like he says but there's still that underlying resentment he has like man like he said in Asia Ultra, I, I can't trust the guy without dark side he's like man cap come on 
Show me some kind of flaw. (laughs) And you do get that later, so it's like, all right, that paid off. Cap, show me some kind of flaw. And uh, yeah, this movie really humanized Iron Man, because that was one thing where I was prepared to basically hate him and not see his side at all, because in the comics, yeah, they basically made Iron Man almost a villain. And it seems like Marvel... Some of his actions, and I'm glad... They softened that a lot in this movie. Yeah, a lot. Because, (laughs) I mean, some of it I felt like was forced, like they have this moment where, oh, my son died in Sokovia, which, okay, that whole scene. To be fair, that's right out of the comics, though. Yeah. That's what jumpstarts everything right in the comics. Sokovia, though? No, uh, a mother of someone who died in one of the Avengers fights, basically, like yeah. that. And, hey, it could have been worse, because in the comics, it's a little kid. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so they could have made, they could have really tried to play that the point is, kid. okay, first of all, I'm like, okay, yeah, a bunch of people died in Sokovia, though. And then, two, I'm like, all right, once you see the kid, I couldn't help but think, I was like, I got to say it. He was like the only black person in Sakai. Yeah. Come on, yeah. man. Come on. Yeah. You expect me to believe yeah. this kid went yeah. to Sakai. Yeah. Get the fuck out yeah. of here. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate Alfred Wooder. She stole yeah. the show for what she was there for, but yeah. It's like, give me that a break. That being said, I appreciate it because they immediately followed it up. Like when General Ross is showing all the damages, Tony admits, like, for the first time, because he didn't admit in Asia Ultron. Yeah, Ultron did. was totally his fault. That whole movie is Tony's fault. Right. Yeah. Everybody who could have died wouldn't have died if not for Tony. If he had just listened to Thor, Banner, and Steve and not messed with the Hydra AI and created Ultron. Yeah. He, and he admits it. And again, it, it makes sense because if you look at all the Iron Man movies, they're basically about, yeah. This is what happens when Tony's technology gets in the hands of the wrong people. So it makes sense that he's like, yeah, not so much as we need to be put in check, but they really put it as, no, I, I'm saying this we because we're all Avengers, but really it's me. My conscience is telling me I need to be put in check, which he does. Yeah. Because like I said, basically all the Iron Man and the Avengers movie were about like, yeah, Look at all the destruction Tony's technology caused. With the exception like of said, the first Avengers movie. Yeah, I, and I like that he finally, for once, owns up to his mistakes. Yeah, that's what helps his case. Yep. And even with the twist in this movie, again, he owns up to a mistake he makes earlier on. And I'm like, okay, I appreciate this. Like, I can see his side. And yeah, going back to Black Panther, like, yeah, like his character motivations made sense. He had a Full, complete arc. Yeah. Uh, I, I know that's not the way it went down in the comics, but no, for the movie it purposes, it worked. Yeah, and it worked because it's a great launching pad for people who aren't familiar with the character like I am. It basically tells you what he's about, gives you good character motivation, where when you do is this solo movie, basically all you have to explain is I got the suit. You can go forward with the plot. Really? You don't even have to explain yeah. that. We've already established that. <laughs> you can that. go right, right, right into the movie. Because they already referenced the fact that Wakanda had vibranium stolen from it, so and know, the suit is made out of vibranium. Going back to you bringing up the kid, I also found that was weird because there's a character 
who was part of the Avengers who died in Age of Ultron who Tony could have brought up. Quicksilver. Yeah. yeah. And they don't mention that at all. Like, there's a scene where after what happens in the opening scene, Tony's talking to Wanda, trying to calm her down, like, hey, it wasn't your fault. You did the best. And they show you around her room, and I'm totally waiting, because to I saw it. this movie twice. Like, all right, where's the picture of Quicksilver? Nothing. She doesn't even mention him. Like, when uh, General Ross is basically calling out, like, yeah, she's not even an American citizen. I'm totally expecting to say, like, to Tony, hey, my brother died. I have more reason than anybody to be for this, and I'm telling you why I'm not. But no, it's basically like, I don't think the Russos made this decision, but it seems like Kevin Five and NCU, based on what happened with Asia Ultron and how Wheaton left, is basically kind of like, yeah, we're, this is based on our makeup for Asia Ultron, and we're kind of kind of ignore a lot of stuff. Well, what happened in that movie besides Hawkeye's character development yeah. and just move on? Well, okay. Although, hey, dude, you got bet he was fun to have in this movie for that one scene where him and Black Panther are fighting and he's like, hey, we haven't been probably introduced. I'm Clint. I don't Fires care. an explosive air on Black Panther's face, which he completely shrugs off. Like it's nothing. Doesn't even dodge. He's just like, well, I'm not oh, you're going to say the fact. Okay, that. yeah. He's like, I don't care. Well, he said that before Hawkeye even <laughs> Just completely holds Hawkeye's life. Just like, I don't care who you are. Well, he responds before Hawkeye even attacks <laughs> oh, well, him. Yeah. It's kind of like, hey, we haven't been properly introduced. And he's preparing to fight. He's like, I'm Clint. And Black Panther's like, I don't care. Right, <laughs> That's just like, it. I don't care. So, <laughs> who are you to be? Yeah, Black Panther basically embodies a lot of movie goers <laughs> before Age of Ultron. I'm Hawkeye, I don't care. And I did like a scene with uh, Black Widow where, he's, where she's like, uh, we're still friends, right? He's like, uh, depends on how hard you hit me. <laughs> Uh, well, that was good. But I, I agree, considering you have the extras of Black Panther, Spider-Man, and man As somebody who likes Hawkeye, you could have done without him. Yeah. You could have completely removed him from this movie and lost nothing. <laughs> now, speaking on the Quicksilver thing, mm-hmm. I think the reason why they didn't mention Quicksilver is because Aaron Taylor Johnson was only contracted to be in Age of Ultron because mm-hmm. that was part of the agreement well, as far but, uh, as I understand yeah. it. That he only wanted to be in one mm-hmm. movie, hence why they killed his character ah. off. But the problem with all of this, slight tangent, mm-hmm. Josh Whedon should have just picked somebody else to play Quicksilver because he lobbied for the longest time to get Aaron Taylor Johnson, mm-hmm. but and eventually agreed, you know, came to an agreement, mm-hmm. but that agreement was Aaron Taylor Johnson only wanted to appear in one film. Mm-hmm. Now, knowing how vast this universe is going to become, mm-hmm. Josh Whedon should have never agreed to that. I know you want Aaron Taylor Johnson for some reason. Aaron Taylor Johnson is a good actor, but I don't understand why it had to be him to play mm-hmm. Quicksilver. But you should have picked somebody I guess else. Just because he had been in a few movies with Elizabeth Olsen, and they had good chemistry. I guess. I guess, but who's? But why would Elizabeth Olsen have to be the only pick for Scarlet Witch too? True. You know, and I don't think she was. I forget who else was up for it. Yeah, I don't know. I was suddenly thinking about Black Widow people who were uh, Mm -hmm. like Emily Blunt. Yeah. But that's why I think they haven't mentioned Quicksilver because he was only supposed to be contracted for one But I think they would, considering they bring that up. 
I know they can't call them mutants, they call them enhanced people, but Wanda is basically the only person like her on the Avengers team. Yeah. Well, I guess technically you can count Vision. They have this nice little scene together, but yeah, basically her and Vision are the only like kind of outsiders, and she's new to the Avengers. You think like I'm not saying she has to be crying over Quicksilver this whole movie. I like that she was a proactive kid in this movie. I'm just saying I would have thought there would have been at least one scene where she kind of feels like on the outside looking in and they acknowledge. <laughs> That he died. <laughs> and something else, finally, that I did like about this film was the consistency. Mm. It's a problem I have with The Winter Soldier where the first two acts were fantastic. Then the third act, it seems like the studio just came in and took over everything and told them, Oh, wait, no. What you're doing so far, this is wrong. You're supposed to have this big action set piece at the end involving these helicarriers that makes absolutely no sense. But... We're spending $200 million on this movie, so we want these helicarriers in the movie. This movie didn't feel the need to do that, and I thought that worked to the movie's benefit. I, I agree, because I know some people complain because they wanted that big action scene. Yeah. Because they seem to be standing up yeah. towards the sun. That's the other thing I like. The movie teased it. Scene, right. Yeah. And well, it I'm didn't thinking, happen. Oh, okay. This should be cool, and it doesn't happen. Instead, they go for a more emotionally rewarding thing in a smaller scale fight, not. I agree with you. I thought that was better. Yeah. And speaking of which, yeah, uh, I love how nobody brings that up. Thunderbolt Ross brings up all the destruction cap caused the Winter Soldier, but ignores the fact that A, Hydra infiltrated shield, and B, who built the helicarriers, Thunderbolt Ross? It wasn't Captain America. It was Tony Stark. Well, the same thing about New York. Who was willing to nuke New York? Yeah. It wasn't the Avengers. The right. Avengers were trying to save it. I'm not saying 80 people is bad, but honestly, 80 people, considering all that devastation, is not a lot. And 80 people compared to, I don't know how many people live in New York, is probably like in the millions, but compared to millions, that's nothing. Same with Winter Soldier. Hydra had helicarriers, advanced Stark tech. That were going to kill Captain, right, millions of right, people right, around the world. Right, blowing those out the sky, right. Basically, essentially, right. That would be the equivalent of if Al-Qaeda got access to our nukes. Like, we're talking millions of people would die. Yeah. So if, like, less than 100 people die, I, I would call that a win. <laughs> Which is why I'm still <laughs> team cap. And then same with Sokovia. That was all Tony's fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, Completely. Yeah. yeah. Heck, if Iron Man had his choice, Scarlet Witch probably wouldn't even be an Avenger. She would still be a villain. Cat was the one like, they're kids. Let's try to talk to them. They're clearly confused. Yeah. Ultron got them tricked. Like, let me talk to them. And Iron says, like, nah, she made me see things. Screw that. <laughs> we gotta kill her. <laughs> Better not let her on your sight, Cap. That's right. If I see her in a dark alley, I don't know. Something might happen to her. Uh, I'm not saying I'm behind it, but. And, well, yeah, which is another funny scene with Hawkeye where Iron Man's like, oh, you missed? And Hawkeye's like, eh, not exactly. <laughs> Scarlet Witch. <laughs> and she drops a shitload of cars off. <laughs> and I, that was awesome. And I don't even mind that Scarlet Witch is basically not Scarlet Witch. I see what you did, Marvel. 
basically, this is a screw you to Fox. Like, oh, okay, you guys don't want to do a proper Jean Grey. Well, we'll do it then. Because <laughs> that's basically what she is. I, I can admit that. Even as an unabashed Marvel die, I can admit she's not really Scarlet Witch from the comics. She's Jean Grey with Scarlet Witch's name and backstory. Yeah. But hey, that's fine. But uh, I guess to get one thing that really, really surprised me. Uh, yeah, people, this movie does actually have a villain, Daniel Brule as Zemo, and what they did with that character was nothing short of brilliant. Like, yeah, it, it was, it was fantastic. It was and, a good uh, change of pace. Yeah. And I will say, uh, yeah, now nah, I'll admit I was wrong about the Mandarin thing because you wouldn't notice because you don't read the comics, but this version of Zemo is almost nothing like his comic counterpart. And I was perfectly okay with it. It was honestly better that they made him not like his comic counterpart. Like, basically, the only similarities they have is some of their backstory. And, so, like, they're both soldiers and they both hate Captain America and. Basically, Zemo's like the thinking man's Captain America villain, where the Red Skull is like, yeah, I want to beat you, Cap. Zemo's like, I want to torture you, and basically... So, so when I you do. say you were wrong about the Mandarin, you're saying you were wrong when I said that there's a way you can do the Mandarin yes. differently yes. without being racist right. and still have to be faithful yes. to the comics. Yes, that's, okay. I'm, that's what I'm saying. I admit, you were right, I was wrong. Because, yeah, the, the twist with his character was great because you think you're going, like, the Lex Luthor thing, like Batman Superman. They totally don't. And I'm like, yeah. And Daniel Brule, great actor, he he killed it. Hopefully yeah. he comes back because, yeah. Now I'll say something that, uh, I guess, I'm going to hold off on that. Okay. And then the other thing, uh, yeah, Spider-Man was great. I didn't know, I wasn't worried, but for the people who were, he was great. And it was another great moment where they humanized Tony, where they have this whole little moment where he's like, yeah, why do you do this, kid? And Peter Parker basically tells him, and it, it's a really nice moment. It humanizes Iron Man some more, where it's like, that was good. I agree. I feel like Tom Holland is the best Peter Parker yeah, and Spider-Man that they've had seen on him. screen. Yeah. Like, and, no disrespect to Tony McGuire, but yeah, I already yeah. feel what little we got of it. Like, yeah, it's... And Tony McGuire was great, but I feel like, yeah, it's not even close. Tom Holland is the Peter Parker we didn't know we wanted, but we need. <laughs> like... I, I seriously cannot wait for next year for Spider-Man Homecoming. Like, and yeah. now seeing this movie, I totally get why it's called that. So, <laughs> it's Marvel basically rubbing it in, like, yes, yeah, well, and yeah, it makes Sony. sense what happens in this movie. I won't spoil what why it's called that. So yeah, I I I cannot wait. He yeah. was awesome. I guess if you want to be a nitpicky fanboy, he, he makes some pretty obvious mistakes in the fight, but he's... He's still young. Yeah, he's the young Spider-Man. You got to remember, he's not the Spider-Man from the comics. Yeah, obviously, 30-year-old Peter Parker from the comics would have wiped the floor with Bucky and Falcon. Like, it would have been no contest. He would have webbed them up in two minutes and... <laughs> well, okay... The only thing I took issue with, well, there's two things. Mm -hmm. One, I guess I'll talk about in the spoiler section, okay. 
Then the other thing is the special effects on Spider-Man were kind of dodgy. Like, I get that... I, I think I understand why they use so much CGI mm-hmm. to hide the fact that he's in the movie. Because a lot of the trailers, if you go back and watch those trailers... Mm-hmm. After you've seen the movie, right. scenes that you'll notice that he was in in the movie, he's not in in the trailer, right. and it's like, oh yeah, so they probably did it with CGI just so they can keep that surprise from people. Yep. <laughs> and I get that, but you could have done a little bit better on the CGI because there were times like when he's doing his motions where it looks so unnatural. Mm-hmm. It's me. It's something that shouldn't be happening at this stage after mm-hmm. you've had so many Spider-Man films. Especially, as much as I didn't like the Amazing Spider-Man films, one thing I always command is the way they did the action sequences Mm -hmm. and the way the movements look more natural. And considering that Tom Holland is some sort of gymnast and can do a lot of stuff on his own, there's no excuse why they have to use as much CGI as they use. It's like you said, they did it so they could hire him. From the marketing campaigns until they felt the best. And they even did something a lot of people I know said they couldn't do, which is make a quippy Spider-Man where it's not annoying or dumb or feels forced. Like, all his quips make sense in this movie. And he even has a great moment when when (laughs) Ant-Man... Where he's like, uh, hey guys, remember that really old movie, The Empire Strikes Back? And Rhodey's like, Tony, how old is this guy? And Tony's like, I didn't carbon date him, but he's young, okay? <laughs> get off my back, Rhodey. I had to, Cap got all the good Avengers. I had to get somebody. Come on. Oh. <laughs> well, most of the good Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, talking from the guy who has an OPS group. Oh, yeah, I have Black Panther. Well, actually, let me just skip ahead. I have Vision on my team. Yeah. So, like, even though Vision can single-handedly take out the other team. where he's basically, like, the pissed-off grandpa that's like, I told you once, I told you twice, kids. Stop messing around. Stop fighting. Now I'm going to get my switch in. Now y'all are going to get a weapon. That's basically his role in this movie. Yeah. And Paul Bettany has the best, like, just angry face. Like, just, like. Clint, you know you can't be that. What are you doing? Right. It's just like, oh, Cap, why are you making this difficult? God damn it. I think the thing that made me laugh the most, even though it was just so simple, I guess just because, it's a scene during that whole helicarrier scene where mm-hmm. Ant-Man, as you can see in the trailer, climbs up Tony's arm. Yep. And yeah. Tony's like trying to blast Use the blaster and the blaster doesn't work. He's like, what the hell's going on? Then also you just see him and he's like, oh, oh, you're going to have to take this to the shop. <laughs> he's just like ripping cords. And Tony's like, who is that? He's like, like, oh, I'm your conscience. We haven't talked in a really long time, but uh, you need to get it together, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's yeah, that, that was hilarious. And yeah, like, you know, I liked Ant-Man. After seeing his role in this movie, I do kind of feel like they could have treated him like Black Panther and Spider-Man and released Ant-Man after this movie and took some more time on it, especially after Edgar Wright left. Instead yeah. of releasing it immediately, they they really could Because <laughs> I mean, sure, some people would have nitpicked because there's some of his gadgets he uses in this movie where they would have been like, where'd that come from? But most people would have just been like, yeah, it was awesome. I can't wait to see his movie. Well, <laughs> you know you always have the one super nitpicky nerds that just can't enjoy nothing. Especially well, after how Batman v Superman. Well, see, I like Deadpool, 
but I have to give the movie a C plus just because the eyes didn't move naturally. Right. Those people. <laughs> you know who you are. I love you, but you know who you are. That's what I'm saying. Those people would have complained. Like, there's some people who still feel like Spider-Man's introduction in this film was forced. I don't, because they gave a story reason that made sense. So. Uh, but I thought you were going to bring up the scene with, uh, I forgot how you pronounce her name. I think it's Bala. Oh. Hold on. What scene without saying who? Uh, Black Panther. When Scarlet Witch, I mean, not Scarlet Witch, Black Widow goes to recruit T'Challa for the team. And there's a small moment where she's standing by the car. No, 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 that's not it. What? Why did you think I was going to talk about that? Oh, because it was a funny scene where she's like, move or you will be moved. Maybe oh, yeah, I'm that. the only person who thought that was funny. Oh, no, I thought that I was funny. I thought, you, I thought you meant you were, I was going to bring that up as like a problem or something. Oh, no, no. I love that scene. Oh, no. Especially since I actually know who that character is from the comics. So I was like, yeah, you you better move, Scott. <laughs> I mean, Black Widow, I love you, Scott Joe, but uh, trust me. She she not lying. She will beat that. <laughs> and and I love Black Panther's response. He's just like, as entertaining as that will be, uh, let, let's see what the lady has to say first. <laughs> yeah. And I even like uh, how they set up kind of a relationship, not romantically, but something you can develop going forward with Black Widow and Black Panther. Oh, she was giving him googly eyes. <laughs> well, yeah, she was. She saw that suit she, and was like, oh, my God. He basically was no. like, yeah, you're cool. You're a good fighter. But no, yeah. We <laughs> hey, you want to have drinks Sorry, was, yeah. <laughs> Go on. Chad with that eye. Like. <laughs> Chad would probably. And it's funny. I can picture her scene where she's like, oh, good work, team. She wants to give him a hug. He's just like, yeah, good work. Handshake. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, no. Yeah, she, she, hey, I'm not knocking it. It, it honestly would make more sense than her better, so they want to do that. And I won't spoil it, but she's technically a free agent. Well, that's nothing to spoil, really. Well, yeah. She hasn't been with anybody but Banner, and since Banner doesn't appear in this film, it's like, (laughs) I guess she is a free agent. hey. And it's because of Banner's fault, he... He flew away, at, which is still one of the most unintentionally funny things in cinematic history. True. To see the but whole... they have to get rid of him because he's not in the source material and he's too powerful to be on one team. Well, to see the Hulk in that small yeah. ass craft pressing yeah. buttons. <laughs> yeah, he could have turned into batter for that. Moment. I don't know. I guess Mark Ruffalo was on set that day. I, I that that was a bit. And like I said in our Age of Ultron film, we don't know what Hulk saw when Scarlet Witch made him see visions, so that also probably is what motivated him. Like, yeah, I gotta leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, but and I do think they'll pay that off. Well, well, if the Russos have anything to say with it, it will be paid off. But if yeah. the Russos aren't handling that part, then it won't be paid off. I don't think so. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, I can't really talk about it in detail without spoiling it. So, do you want to go to ratings and yeah, ratings and that right. spoiler section? Uh, no surprise, this is a full price. Like, I saw this movie twice. I would probably see it 
more times because it was awesome. Did you see it in IMAX? No, I did not. I want to, but I yeah, I haven't seen it in IMAX time. yet. I saw it in 3D first and then 2D. Yeah, same here. Which I guess that's one last thing to comment on before uh, I get my rating. Uh, seeing it, you said you saw it in both. Mm-hmm. Okay, it might be just me, but this time around, I felt like. The 3D wasn't useless. Like there seemed no, to be it wasn't. some it's kind of aversion to it because you might not notice it at points. But it does have its moments where it is yeah. noticeable enough to where when I was watching it in 2D, it just seemed like some of the immersion was gone from the film. Like mm-hmm. it just seemed so flat. I, I don't know another I, I word to describe that, it, but yeah, because they did use the 3D to give you kind of like perspective where you feel like yeah. you're in the scene. Yeah, <laughs> whereas watching it. so it's one of the better demonstrations of 3D in Marvel films because the majority of Marvel films have horrible 3D. Yeah. The only Marvel films worth noting and in honestly, 3D. Well, I don't know. Would you say the 3D was needing Winter Soldier? No. Yeah, the 3D so was this, terrible. This to me is the only Captain America you need to see in 3D. Well, the first one seemed okay in well, 3D, yeah, but, but like, that. yeah, the 3D in Avengers was good. The 3D in Guardians was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But every other Marvel film has had horrible 3D. Thor, Thor 2. Yeah. I don't even remember those 3D. Iron Man 3. Yeah. All of those movies had terrible 3D. Yep. I agree. This is one of, like, the four Marvel movies that was worth the 3D. Yeah, where it seems like the 3D gives you, like you said. The rest of them, you don't need to. Although, if Thor Ragnarok delivers, that might be something. I don't know. Three. I don't know. Especially if the if the villain is who I think he is. Even then, I want to see him. They in had three. even. I don't care who they have as the villain. It's all about the fact that even in Thor: The Dark World, there were plenty of possibilities for some unique three D, yeah. and they still didn't make it work. True. And the problem is that Marvel, for them, 3D is an afterthought. Because if you read the credits carefully, 3D conversion. It's like, why don't you film these in 3D? It clearly is. Well, I guess that's why Guardians was good. Because Guardians actually, well, maybe they didn't film it in 3D, but they had 3D in mind. I'm Mm -hmm. not sure about that one. I'll double-check that one. Mm -hmm. But they had 3D in mind when they made the movie, so the 3D actually popped. Yeah. But I would also give this a full price. I thought it was good. I'll probably see it one more time to see it in IMAX 3D. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Guess from there we'll move into the spoiler discussion because there's All a couple right. things I wanted to talk about there. Yep. Well, you can go first. This is the spoiler section. Um, so, first of all, I did not like what they ended up doing crossbones. That yeah, severely crazy. disappointed me considering his importance in the comics uh-huh. to just have him be a throwaway at the beginning. And it's one thing to be a throwaway with the possibility of return, but for him right. to be a throwaway who actually gets killed. Right. And that's, yeah. it makes me question, and why didn't you just let him die? And yeah, the scene he was in, it's like, you could have achieved this same thing with one of his henchmen and brought him back later if you want to use it. Yeah. Like, the action scene was fantastic, yeah. but... Yeah, the for, fight with him and Cat was great. But, <laughs> but for him to die... The scene was great. Yeah, it just... Which, after seeing the opening of this scene, I agree with something. I think you said about Asia Ultron, which is that opening wasn't that impressive. And yeah, compared yeah. to this opener, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't admit that. <laughs> and... 
awesome. Yeah. Now like, I, I, assume... I get what they were going for, but yeah, I agree with you. They yeah. they could have left that character for later, especially with the way they left things with Zemo. I'm like, yeah, that that would have been a perfect thing to keep him alive. Yeah. Because they hinted, even though they didn't have the balls to kill Cap at the end of the movie. Right. Uh, I felt like they put all the ple- the pieces in place for mm-hmm. his assassination to happen. Yep. He's left the Avengers, but on... Yep, dropped his shield. Yeah, dropped his shield, but he's still on somewhat good terms. It, it seems like, oh, and Bucky went into cryo sleep, so it's like, we already know what's going to happen there. As soon as Cap right. dies, they're going to wake up Bucky be like, yeah, we need you to be Captain America now, so yeah. he's dead. Go get him, boy. Yeah. <laughs> so they put all the pieces in place, but it's like, well, now what are you going to do? And I think it's because Marvel is kind of chickening out on that particular aspect. I think what is going to happen, though, Cap well, might show up in Infinity War just Chris to be Chris Evans kind of backtracked on previous comments he made about wanting to leave. Now he's like, well, that's not to say stick they, around now. Well, that's not to say Which they can't pull some BS sense, and bring him back. saw the box office for that independent movie he had, it takes, so... It makes sense that now he's like, oh no, I'm I'm basically like Robert Downey Jr. I'll be Cap as long as you need me to be Cap. <laughs> well, we got some bad news for you, Chris. We're killing you off in Infinity like, War. It's a shame because he gives such a great performance in this movie. But yeah, I, I think Chris Evans is gonna have a hard time doing non-superhero films because I feel like the general public just can't take him. Serious the way they would Robert Downey Jr. or Chadwick Boseman or some of the other actors in this movie as a dramatic Oscar-worthy actor. People just don't see him as that. Maybe he just needs to age but into it. But yeah, people clearly view him like the other Chris, Chris Pratt's like fun-loving adventure guy. Yeah. Now, the nitpick, the other problem I had about Spider-Man, but this is a mm-hmm. nitpick. What... <laughs> When I saw that they casted Marissa Tomei as Aunt May, I'm like, are you kidding me? I love Marissa Tomei. Oh, yeah, she's up. Aunt May is... a reunion between her and Robert Downey Jr. Huh? It's a reunion between her and Robert Downey Jr. But it's like, wait a minute. She's Aunt May. Now, I know in the comics, it's the comics. But Aunt May is always... Well, comics, because in regular comics, she is old. Yeah, that's what I was alluding to. Yeah. She's always been an old one as far as I understand, but it seems like with each in- <laughs> each iteration of Spider-Man, yeah. she gets younger to the point to where it's starting fair, to get like And I'm sure they'll explain that. I don't think she's his real aunt anymore. I could be wrong. I think it's a situation where she, I think she was like Peter's mom's best friend, so she calls himself his aunt. But she's not really biologically related to her. Oh, no. Nah. Because he doesn't it. even call her her. He calls her May. He calls her by her first name. Maybe that's just their thing. But uh, he never calls her Aunt May. He just calls her May in the movie. Well. Maybe that'll change in the Spider-Man Tony solo referred to her as Aunt May. Yeah, he did. But Peter never called her Aunt May. He that don't mean she May. can't be Aunt May, though. <laughs> I think she is Aunt May. And to do what you're saying would be overly complicated for True. no reason because it's like well yeah that could all be solved by just casting somebody who's the appropriate age no let's just face the facts here you chose to pick Marissa Tomei because 
maybe biologically she's close to the age that she needs to be to be Aunt May. But when yeah. you actually look at Marissa yeah. May, she does not look that no. fucking old. So I'm like, yeah, I think Marissa, because she's in movies in the 80s with yeah. people like Ron Ryan. She's probably 50 like him. Yeah, but I'm just like. But yeah, she looks like she's staring at 30. Yeah, I'm like, so let me guess. The next movie, Aunt May is probably going to be played by Megan Fox because they just get younger <laughs> as you go on. First, it was Rosemary Harris, who was definitely old. Then you get Sally Field, who's kind of there. Yeah. Now you're at Marissa Tomei. It's like, why is she getting younger with each movie? I guess you can make the argument, well, Peter is clearly like a freshman in high school, but it's like, nah, still. No, I think he's like a sophomore. Still not that he's old. He's not 15, a senior. 16. Well, yeah, he's basically like he was in the original Stanley comics. He's a teenager. Yeah, but like, just... Played by an actual teenager. Yeah. Because no disrespect to Tony Guire, but nobody was buying him as a teenager, even in the first Spider-Man movie. He looks youthful, but not teenager youthful. He uh, looks like sophomore in college youthful, even though he was, I think, 30 even in that first movie. Oh, uh, then Andrew Garfield. <laughs> and yeah, who, in the first movie, I was still contest looked young enough, but yeah, yeah like you but said, the, I don't know what movie. happened between the first and second, but... <laughs> Yeah, he he aged like he aged. That aging process got rough between movies. Like the stress or something was getting to. Yeah, (laughs) because he looked rough. Well, then the funny thing is, if you see pictures of him now and they're talking about, oh, Andrew Garfield's been signed for this movie, it's like, why does he look more youthful now? Was it just the stress of that? Yeah, I think he was just. (laughs) With all the bullshit at Sony, he was just, like, worn down by it all. And now that he's free, he's, like, happy again. <laughs> I think that's what it is. But are you really happy, Andrew? Are you really happy not to be Spider-Man anymore? No, you're not. Yeah. And I don't know if this is the case, but I saw that they cast Zendaya. And she's supposed to, they said she's supposed to be the lead. So I also appreciate that it seems like we're not getting Gwen Stacy or Mary Jane again. She's one of Peter's other girlfriends, mm. which is good. And I, like I won't say it here, but I have a theory based on my knowledge of Spider-Man comics. If she is this character, I'm thinking of who she is, because it also sets up some villains. So. Uh, oh, hey, we're in the spoiler section, oh. so. <laughs> yeah, she's this character named Betsy, who's like Peter's friend in high school, and like love interests at one point cause yeah if you only watch the movies you probably think like uh, it's Gwen Stacy and then Mary Jane no in the comics Peter had a bunch of girlfriends in between them so, so who do you cause think that character in the comics is Latino and I know Zendaya is biracial so I was thinking she's that and her brother in the comics is also friends with Peter and ends up becoming the villain called Magma who has like lava powers. I don't know if they're going to do it. Yeah. But that's that a, could be cool. That, that sounds like. about as appeasing as <laughs> Hydro Man. <laughs> yeah. well, what's wrong with that? It's basically the Sandman with a different element. There's no, to but me there's lava, no difference between the Sandman and Hydro Man. There, there's a big difference. <laughs> I don't agree. There's a big difference because if you have lava powers, how the hell is the fight not over with in two seconds? <laughs> Done. Sand powers, that's different. You gotta punch your way out. Fair enough. But I think that's what it is. Either see, way, I don't think she's Mary Jane or Gwen Stacy. They're going with a new character either way. Alrighty. 
So that's nice. Now, speaking of casting, <laughs> the Captain Marvel movie is going to happen. Yep. And Have they cast anybody? No. Now, Aaron, you know, my choice is, but I don't know if they could get it. I have my choice, too. Okay, well. My choice would be Blake Lively. Okay, interesting. Based on her performance in Age of Adeline, I know she has acting range and could play, like, somebody that's older. Plus, she's hot. Because yeah. Captain Marvel should be attractive, not to be sexist or yeah. anything, but she should be attractive blonde. Yep, 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 yep. So, who was your pick? I'm curious. Emily Blunt. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. She'd so have to dye her hair, like though. Somebody around the eight, same age of the people we have now. But Blake Lively isn't a bad choice. She would have to beef up, because I know the fanboys would complain she's too skinny. Well, if the fanboys <laughs> complain about her being too skinny, but still think Gal Gadot is all right, then, yeah. Because Gal <laughs> so, Gadot, yeah, she put but, out... I mean, Chris Evans put on weight. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure Ryan Reynolds can help Blake Lively beef yeah. up. That's his wife. He would be (laughs) thrilled, I'm sure. Even though that'd be super hilarious. It's an interesting choice, and Marvel seems to want to go for, like, unknowns, semi-unknowns, but names. But, you know, that would be hilarious because... there aren't a ton of, like, really talented people. Like, I think me and you basically named the two best people because who else you want to get? Megan Fox? No, because she's not... I know some people would want Charlie Theron, but I feel like... Well, she's not too old, but I, I feel like considering how many movies Captain Marvel would have to be in, she's, she's too old. A bit too old. But Somebody said know. Jessica Biel, and I'm like, nah, nah. No. She has a body. Because I'm like yeah. Blake Lively, like you said, with Blake Lively, you can at least make the acting talent argument. Not to say Jessica Biel is a bad actress, but... She's not with Blake Lively. I remember Blade Trinity. I, I remember Good Luck Chuck. I've seen her movies. Jessica she wasn't in Good Luck Chuck. not that good of an actor. <laughs> she wasn't in Good Luck Chuck. You oh, no, excuse me. Uh, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Oh, Sorry, yeah. I got those confused. Oh, good. And uh, I wouldn't want Jessica Alba. Uh, Come on, why is that even a choice? Jessica Alba? Because she's blonde and hey, she was Sue Storm before. Chris Evans was Johnny Storm and did a great cat. No, you know people would use that no, argument. And Anybody hey, that used I liked that her argument. machete. Come on. And Dark Angel 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know people would say that or... Who else would be somebody, somebody, oh, I just had it and then I lost it that people would throw out. It's a younger actress. Oh, I had it and I lost it. Blonde? Hmm? Blonde? Yeah. I had it and I lost it. Teresa Palmer? No, that's right. No. You're talking about, but that might be somebody. I had it and I lost it. I had it and I lost it. What has she been in? Uh, I'm I'm (laughs) joking. Like, I have this person's face in my head, but I can't remember their name. It'll come back to me, but you can say whatever else you have to say about Captain Marvel. <laughs> now I'm trying to figure out who you were talking about. That's oh, it's a young blood. It was man. It was a person I was thinking before just Gal, but it wasn't just Gal. But I was like, oh, or Kate Mar. Her. No. Yeah, that was it. Kate Mar. I don't want Kate Mar. <laughs> One, she's short. Like Kate Mar. And I don't mean, like, to be one of those nitpicky fanboys. I mean, like, legitimately, Kate Mara is, like, four foot eight. Like, she is tiny. And I'm not saying, like, you have to be, like... Six foot five. 
to be Captain Marvel, but yeah, even with CGI, you're gonna have a. And even if she beefs up, you're gonna have. Plus, I don't. I just don't think Kate Mara is the right choice anyway. But yeah, that's what I was thinking. Kate Mara, the one know. that played Sue Storm. Yeah. Or people, yeah, people would throw her out. So, yeah, like I say, I, I honestly think me and you came up with the best two choices in terms of, like, blondes or actresses who would look good blonde. Well, <laughs> well, and then, too, I guess it's all a matter. I have, like, a limited library of blonde actresses that I can think of off the top of my head with, like, the acting range and the appropriation right. to play Captain Marvel. Right. But who they can always the find... action stuff as well. But they can always And also, find, we find, can't forget... Captain Marvel, her whole origin story is she's an Air Force pilot, so you also have to be a believable, badass fire pilot, and there, there aren't too many people who fit that either. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be Brooklyn Decker. Oh, or, well, she's kind of already busy, but I was about to say our girl Ray from Star Wars, but she's kind of already busy with the next two Star Wars movies, so I don't know Tomb if they Raider. can fit her in. No, no, not Tomb Raider. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, that's it. Because Alicia Vikander got hired for Tomb Raider. That that that, that would have been another good choice, but yeah, she's, she's not a hired for Tomb Raider. She's not a blonde. You have to be a blonde to be Captain Marvel. Man, she they could make her blonde. <laughs> On Alicia Vikander, that would not look right. I mean, I, you're thinking like super blonde. I'm thinking like a brownish blonde. No, <laughs> because then I would have flashbacks to Jessica Alba in Fantastic <laughs> Four. But let's not... <laughs> And she's in the Latinx Born movie. Yeah. Which I but yeah, Alicia Gander is another good choice. But I don't know where the hell that came from. Like, I didn't see anything in the casting about Alicia Vikander being in Born, but alright, she's here now. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. But my pick is on Blake Lively, but it would be funny if Blake Lively got it because of the fact that right. that would be the second person. <laughs> To leave DC after the Green Lantern and yeah. do a Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah. And her husband yeah. being Deadpool, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that would become the bugs yeah, and and it jokes. would be a gutsy move. And like I said, I I think, I know some people want Kamala Khan, but you, it's kind of like she's the current Miss Marvel. She's of Middle Eastern oh. descent. She's, she's not a mutant. She's an inhuman. She's really a good character, but I, I feel like it's the same thing with Spider-Man. You can't do... Miles without establishing Peter first, because it's a legacy character. Somebody that came after. Right. It's just like you couldn't just make Bucky Cap out of nowhere after the <laughs> Captain America movie. Well, let's see. Then there was this whole thing about me being the Winter Soldier, and uh, somehow, not thanks to yeah, fighting like, my buddy or so anything. So I feel I, like this, you have to do Carol Danvers first. Plus, Carol Danvers is an awesome character, so. Like I said, I say don't worry, people. We've already got a lot of diversity in the Marvel Universe, and it'll continue. Now, speaking of diversity, yep. I wanted to talk about uh, these people that are complaining about X-Men Apocalypse. Because mm-hmm. apparently, I read this article, thanks to that nerd group that we were part of on Facebook, uh-huh. in which somebody who apparently had seen the film yep. already... Complained about the different flaws the film had. The film is not good in their opinion. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. I mean, to me, it doesn't matter because if the movie's good, it's my last X Men movie. If the movie's bad, it's my last X Men mm-hmm. movie. I don't care. I'm done with the X Men franchise after Apocalypse. That, with the that's fair. That, of that's Wolverine totally, Three. That, that's totally fair. <laughs> but uh, they were saying that 
oh, we need to demand more. This movie is not progressive because there's very few African-American characters or people of color, and then the people of color that are in the film don't get that much screen time, blah, Which blah, blah. Which is criticism. But my thing is, I feel like some people are suddenly jumping on this high horse just because Black Panther was in Civil War, forgetting the fact that Oh, you want to say, oh, Marvel's been progressing the whole time. Well, no, they haven't. No, it's been a recent change. Yeah, because, oh, you want to say Falcon and War Machine, but it's like, yeah, but they had supporting roles where they, okay, what is all that War Machine did in Iron Man 2? He stole Tony's suit, Uh, got him re-weaponized, and helped Tony... Tony did most of the damage to Vanko. Yeah, so you just helped. Whiplash. Then in the third movie, like I said, you got unsuited and then spent the whole movie running around with the pistol and using hand-to-hand combat because you couldn't do anything else because Tony wouldn't give you another shit, but that's mm-hmm. half of that is Tony being a jack. Oh, no. Don't get it all. People definitely held Marvel's feet to the fire and they stepped up and they well, no. they should get credit for it because the rest of Hollywood is not stepping up in the same way. Well, here's the thing, though. Because then you might have held Marvel's feet to the fire, but then at the same time they're acting like well marvel was always thinking this way and they were subtly building up to it but it's like no you weren't because all the characters you were casting were supporting characters that's not a change from anything that hollywood has been doing well in a sense they were because we do also have luke cage coming in september coming it's yeah. not out yet yeah though. and uh, that's what and i'm they saying are really diverse in the comics right now so i'm saying people are partially right but they're also wrong in that this is a recent, even the comics is a recent shift, like in the last. Well, yeah, years. but to try and hold <laughs> X Men Apocalypse, all of a sudden is supposed to be. But no, one. I agree too. Pick on X Men is a bit unfair when uh, look at DC. <laughs> yeah. They have one cyborg. I guess you can count Aquaman because it's Jason Momoa, but... Yeah. And Ezra Miller, I suppose. Ezra Miller is biracial? I thought. I think you might be right. I think he's like half Asian or something. I think you might be right. But the point is, like, it seems one of those things where people got their cake. Now they want to talk about how, well, yeah... This cake company is the best, and they've always had forward thinking. It's like, no. Well, oh, wait, hold on. I don't know. Disney has, although to be fair, to be fair to those people, and I'm I'm making a big assumption, which is that they're big X-Men fans like I am and like another one of our friends are. To be fair, the most diverse and interesting segment of the Marvel Universe is the X-Men Universe. Yeah. And it's kind of been my complaint I've had. With Fox, from the beginning, is that they kind of don't... Well, they don't utilize it, and it's frustrating. Yeah. and But I agree to basically, like, ignore that Marvel has still has a problem because you still have the Doctor Strange thing. Yeah, that's what I was about to say next. It's like, oh, so we're supposed to, while you're making your whole rant, are you supposed to forget about the fact that two weeks ago everybody was complaining because the Ancient One was being played by Tilda Swinton? Mm-hmm. 
No, I don't forget that. No, nope, I don't But you're either. trying to act like Marvel is perfect now chance, all of a sudden. Marvel Studios. Yeah, it's... But Fox is just I, the I know one of the writers who is our old buddy Cargill from Spill. Yeah. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, he came out and said, basically, she's not Tibetan completely. But I'm like, you guys are still using the Asian iconography, so... Yeah. It, it's still... It's, it's still, still a bit iffy. nonsense. <laughs> Just like Ghost in the Shell is still nonsense. And, uh, but to be, like I said, to, and we have Tessa Thompson added to Thor, so that's two black people in that. You got Aegis Elba and now her, whoever she is. Yeah. And Which also, I'm curious who she is. I mean, I have a theory based on what characters are left in the movie, who she could be, but I'm. I'm really because I like Tessa Thompson. Obviously, we both liked Creed and both liked her and Dear White People. Yeah. So I'm. She's a good actress. I'm glad she got cast, but I am curious. Because, like I said, the only theory I have is maybe she's the seductress who's a Thor villain tied to Loki, who's another magic user. But maybe she's not. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. See what role she plays. Yeah. Well, yeah. It just shouldn't. People shouldn't throw out this diversity oh, argument all of a sudden. True, Just true. because and Black Panther's here. there are Panthers some people who still complain about Marvel and not stuff that should be complained about, like Doctor Strange, but there are some people who still claim, oh, uh, I, I, everything great about Black Panther is because of Ryan Coogler. I don't trust these white people at Marvel did Black Panther justice because they wanted to. Which is stupid, because it's like, look at Star Wars, which is also, in case you people forgot, another Disney property. Yeah. Where they worked hard to make that a diverse universe, unlike the original trilogy. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> because they, they still have a way in which well, that yeah. can be undone with eight if they decide, oh, well, uh, well, there's a lot of things that can go wrong with eight. One of them, to me, is making Ray related to anybody. She shouldn't be. True. She should be her own character. I'm, I'm just saying. And, uh, yeah, Rogue One, in case people didn't notice from that trailer, really diverse. Yeah. Donnie in, baby. And, and a white female lead when Hollywood says, like minorities, they can't sell in action movies. Well, unless your name is College Giants. Yeah. Which is why or, uh, they're excused for Ghost in the Shell. Yep. Which is dumb, cause, and I love Scarlett Johansson. Me but too, but look at her box office outside of Disney movies, cause I'm counting the Jungle Book and stuff like that. That wasn't Marvel. You got loose. She has not grossed a lot of money. Like we loved Under the Skin, and it made a lot of money for how much it cost. It made like eighty million on a budget of twelve, but that's not like setting the world on fire. Did it make eighty million? Or I, it might have been sixty something. I think you're thinking it about Lucy. It was a Lucy. lot for how much it cost. I think you're thinking about Lucy. Maybe because under yeah, the Lucy skin, did okay. People, it did okay for all the people who praised that movie. Notice nobody's talking about that movie anymore. <laughs> and then also, uh, you think people who uh, liked Ghost in the Shell are suddenly more excited because you cast Kyle Johansson? Again, she's a really good actress, but do you think they're more excited? Because most of the people I've talked to aren't. They're actually pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> so, you kind of messed up there. And again, people want to say, oh, well, they couldn't have got Rico Kunkichi because she's unknown. Hey. 
She has an Oscar nomination. I don't think Scarlett Johansson has been nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> well, and hey, I know she wasn't the full main lead, but uh, Pacific Rim, at least internationally, made way more money than most of Scarlett Johansson's non-Marvel. Well, I mean, I and not to mention. You guys are trying to appeal to the Asian market by not casting Asians? How does that make any sense? <laughs> if China and Japan are the big new no, markets no, no. that you want to appeal to, how do you appeal to them by casting white people? No, 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 no. If I understand correctly, the majority of the cast is of Asian descent. It's okay. just Scarlett Johansson. Okay. Inside. Which makes it even dumber. And there are people <laughs> like Max Lantis who say, oh, well, anime is drawn to look like white people. That's because they're trying to appeal to Americans, not yeah. the other way around. And two, that has nothing to do with nothing. And three, fuck Max Lantis. I just have to say that. He's an idiot. I keep hearing <laughs> stuff about... I haven't seen any of these interviews with Max Lantis, but I keep hearing stuff about... Well, because you're probably not on Twitter a lot. No. What, do you follow him on Twitter? No. Oh. But <laughs> I follow a lot of nerds, and he puts his foot... Because he made a whole 10-minute video that we, I guess we can watch after this explaining why he didn't have a problem with... With, with, <laughs> with what? Scott, with the whitewashing on uh, Ghost in the Share. And basically, his argument boiled down to, well, this is how the rest of Hollywood does it. And... Um, you, you have to get a bankable star, which, like I said, I just blew a hole in that Scarlett Johansson is a bankable star theory. Well, you really look at I, it, I'll blow it, another it's hole debatable. In that. Even though you she's can... a name, but it, it's highly debatable well, that she's a bankable name. Let's blow another hole in that, <laughs> even though this one you could probably poke holes in. Yeah. Star Wars, Episode 7. Yep. None of those were known people except nope. for the veteran actors. Yep. Now, you can make buddies. the argument that it was a Star Wars film, yep. so it was guaranteed to make money. But at the same time... The first week. But had it sucked, yeah. it would have been like Transformers yeah. or Batman Superman, and it would have tanked. Super hard. Right. <laughs> and on top of all that, after the movie is said and done, what are people talking about the most? They're talking about the new actors so much, in fact... That episode 8 had to be rewritten because originally episode 8 was going to focus on some new characters oh. with Finn and Ray kind of taking a wow. back seat. Huh. So there's going to be some new people, I guess, uh, with each episode. And people were kind of like, uh, new. no, we like Finn and Ray. And right. like, oh, well, hold on. We got to rewrite the script. All right, yeah. give us uh, Or, give us again. Two yeah, they're dumb popcorn movies, but the Fast and Furious movies, really diverse, still make a lot of money, including a lot of money internationally. Yeah. So, like I say, I can't wait for Black Panther to come out and make all the money so all these lazy Hollywood execs who just want to cast white people because they're either racist or lazy can start getting caught out in their bullcrap. Same with the Oscars. If the same crap that happened this year happens again, <laughs> you, you've been warned, Oscar. You, you saw what happened this year. What happened this <laughs> year? It's going to continue. Well, you know, the whole backlash and the hashtag Oscar. So oh, I don't care because it's still got all this publicity, even though I think it's all false well, publicity. Well, but here's the thing, though. It didn't translate to people watching. This Oscars was one of the, the lowest rated ones of the last few years. 
Nobody watched, so... Oh, even with all that hype that <laughs> yeah. was in the news outlets the next day, oh, Leo finally won the Oscar, yeah. which I'm like, that in itself was a publicity yeah. song, yeah. because I'm sure... Yeah, no, nobody watched. <laughs> I mean, people don't watch award shows in general to begin with, besides the Grannies and a couple of other music-based ones. M- MTV. Yeah, the Oscars ratings keep tanking, so... What... And that's the funny thing, too. I was happy that Leo won the Oscar, yeah, I finally. Was but I kind of feel on a certain level, like, they only did it to try and increase viewership. Yeah, like, yeah. nobody's watching. What do we do? Well, who are we going to give the Oscar? So, it yeah. wasn't Leo. Yeah, well, was I mean, we, we, we had enough of your BS. And I do agree with the people from this standpoint. I don't, I'm not one of those people that think Halle Berry was a horrible star. I just think she was never really given a lot to do besides The Last Stand, which is funny. One of one, what many people consider one of the worst excellent movies is where Storm got time to shine. Mm-hmm. I still like that. And Last she's Stand. a, but it's kind of like they treat her as a backseat character and she's not. She's honestly more important than Wolverine. Again, not. And I, I don't just mean story-wise. I mean in the comics. And it's a shame and that... And in the X-Men, she's more important than Cyclops. She's more important than Jean. She's more important... Basically, she's And she's, she's the wife of Black Panther. That, too. Like, basically, in terms of most important people in the X-Men universe, it's basically Xavier, a few other people, and Storm. And they have basically treated her as a background character. Now, we'll see if... Apocalypse changes that, but like I said, this is an awesome, strong female lead, and like I said, you could totally treat her as a background kid, too, or you undercut her storylines, because one of the things I really liked about 2 was that whole dynamic between her and Nightcrawler, but you got rid of Adam Coleman, so that ended up not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, and I have a new Nightcrawler in Apocalypse, a younger one, which another thing that person and, uh, complained she about. She was awesome power wise and um, let Days of Future Pass, but she was a supporting character again. So, yeah. I, I get people's complaints and will, and I do get, I'm one of those people who've never cared about Jubilee, but I will yeah. say the fact that they put her in the trailer was clear, like a selling point to people who do care about their kid. And I don't know if it's true, but if it's true that she doesn't use her powers and basically doesn't do anything is basically a glorified It doesn't even show up for the final fight. I, I get why people are pissed. Yeah. I mean, I got like I said, that. I don't I care, that. but I, yeah. especially going back to the Dr. Strange thing, especially when we have very few big roles for Asian American actors. Really? In the... general. Forget just superhero movies in general. Well, and then... I guess what it comes down to for me when it comes to X-Men Apocalypse is Apocalypse himself, how Oscar Isaac performs. Yeah, true, that's, true. That's going to go and a long on the way for me. Side, I know, like I said, a lot of people don't know this, but Oscar Isaac is Latino. Yeah, yeah. His father is Cuban, his mother is Guatemalan. He yeah. might not look it, but he's full-blooded Latino. That's a minority cast yeah. that a lot of people probably wouldn't have done before Star Wars. <laughs> so... Yeah. You got that on the flip side. And then well, I will say, like, oh, if Psylocke is underused again, again, it's kind of like, I can see why people are pissed. Because well, that was one of the things I was looking forward to. And again, it's another Asian-American character. That's well, here's the thing. The Shaft. With X-Men Apocalypse, 
there's no way you could expect everybody to get development True, because unlike she, the Marvel movies True, where they... but she's... At least the way they're building the trail, one of the main villains. She's one of the horsemen, so it's not like she's just there. Yeah, but... At least what, Psylocke. What would you Jubilee, expect her? I agree, but Psylocke, she's supposed to be one of the main villains. Yeah, but what would you expect her to contribute? Because Apocalypse is still calling the shots, and True. Apocalypse could kill everybody. Not just the uh, mutants he's against. I agree, which is kind of the problem with these X-Men movies, which is Fox doesn't go for, oh, what would be the most logical follow-up to the story we built up? They go for, what's going to create a buzz? What's going to get people in seats? What can make yeah. a cool, the coolest trailer? But, I mean, that's not a Brian Singer problem. That's not just a problem with Apocalypse. That's a problem with Fox the whole time. And I, I find it funny that these people will see how good or bad Apocalypse is are... Including critics are waking up now, but yet these are the same people who swore up and down to me that the second Wolverine movie was one of the best superheroes ever made and continually give Fox a pass and grade their movies okay. on a curve. That's but now, now you want to be hard on like... Yeah, okay, here's <laughs> the interesting part too that you just brought that up. This same person noted that there's only been... Three Marvel movies under Fox that they liked. They listed Deadpool, First mm -hmm. Class, and The Wolverine as the three films that they liked. Not a Days of Future Past? Because that no, was good. Because some people seem to hold on to the belief that Days of Future Past was not good. That First Class it was the was. only good one. Was it the X-Men movie I wanted? Maybe not, but that's a good movie, people. It's a good movie. It's not a great X-Men movie, but it's a good use of the characters. And Wolverine's role was heavily toned down, and McAvoy and Fassbender are still great as young Xavier and Magneto. Yeah. Like, really, the only thing you can complain about in that movie is Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique, because it's clear after the first movie, she's kind of phoning it in and doesn't want to do these movies anymore. Which, okay, she's that's another like problem. tired and worn out after a hunger game. That, that's the <laughs> other problem here I heard here. Number one, I heard in this film, that's even more apparent. She seems really, really <laughs> bored and becomes more across as Katniss Everdeen than Mystique. <laughs> and then two, it confirms a fear that I had before right. the movie came out that she, Xavier, gets kidnapped, I yeah. guess. And she takes center stage for the whole movie and characters look up to her as a hero, including Storm, I guess before Storm becomes corrupted. Storm sees a picture of Mystique and refers to her as her hero. And I'm like, good God. This is yeah, why I do not Before we like, get to the bull crap, oh, freaking Storm shouldn't have to look up to anybody, including Xavier. Yeah. But, and before we get to the awkward racial dynamics of a minority kid yeah, looking up yeah. to a, another white savior. Yep. <laughs> but. And not to mention, you have not properly built up Mystique to be the leader of the X-Men if Xavier is gone. Yeah, it and should like be I Beast. Said, the problem is, right, you already have a character in Beast who fits that role. And like I said, but that's been the problem with Fox from the get-go. They don't care about these characters. They care about the money that it makes them, and they care about what's going to get butts and seats and look cool. But in terms of telling a story like Civil War... They don't care about that. They never have. Days of Future Past was the closest they got to something right. like that. Right, that, that was the closest. 
That was the closest. That's why I still like Days of Future Past and First Class, even though I felt like. And uh, yeah, I don't know if people don't notice, but Brian Singer does not read X Men comics. He basically reads enough. He basically blatantly tells people when they get cast in these movies to not read the comics. And that's Fox's whole overall mentality. It's just basically we use the comics to make us money, but we don't care or like the comics. Or really give a shit about the social thing. Because like I said from the beginning when Apocalypse was announced. That should be the penultimate boss like Thanos. You should bring the old team together to fight him. Not these youngsters. And like I said before right. it should have been a two part movie. Right. Not one movie. Right. Apocalypse would need an entire movie of build up. Before right. you could get into the action scene. Right. But again. I. As somebody who's been at times overly critical of Fox, I'm glad people are taking the blinders off because people have had a blinders on for this franchise. But I think now that they've taken the blinders off, they're being a bit, a bit too harsh. Now, like I said, I can see Apocalypse and absolutely hate it and change my mind. But at least right now, like, I appreciate you guys, like, not giving Fox a pass anymore. Especially critics. But don't sit up and right. try and do it now just because Black Panther's here. Right. That's the wrong reason. You should have already right. had a rallying cry before that. Right. Exactly. Because, yeah, it's been a problem with Fox for a while where they, like I said, through the whole franchise, they treated minority characters as window dressing. You can go back to first class, Darwin and Zoe Kravitz, they killed her off off screen. In Days of Future Pad. Off screen. I mean, oh, yeah. they killed some other people off, too. Like Emma but Frost. I'm just saying, they killed her. I didn't care about that character, but I'm just saying, they killed her off, off screen. Darren sacrifices himself. Uh, like I said, Storm is a basically fourth fiddle to Wolverine, Cyclops, and Jean. And probably Nightcrawler in this new movie, so she's probably like fifth on the pecking order. No, because Storm is one of the four horsemen. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll see. So, because uh, I already know that's not really, I don't read the comic books, but I'm like, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's wrong. I don't think Storm was one of the four horsemen. She was horsemen. not. <laughs> and Magneto, maybe? She was not. Uh... In the comics, it was Wolverine, which I guess they wouldn't do because it's even more like, oh, all these kids are, should die. Because <laughs> an unhinged Wolverine with Psylocke and Magneto is based like, uh, yeah. All, all not yet mentioning that Psylocke is waiting there. Right, yeah. like, if we're being real, all, all the X-Men should <laughs> die. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> so these complaints about, oh, Psylocke got beat by Beast, that's... Wrong, it would never happen. I'm a comics reader, I'm telling you, Beast should be (laughs) in a fight. I'm just, it should be close, but he should be. And even if the movie is bad, I will take 50 cents off if Apocalypse succeeds in snapping Jennifer Lawrence's neck. (laughs) That needs to happen because Uh. for somebody who's defended that character. It's just gotten to the point. Yeah, and the Hunger I Games too, did it because I like her. But... Yeah, the Hunger Games did it. Where I'm just like, I'm sick of Jennifer Lawrence. Nah. Did, did you see Joy? 
No. Yeah, most of America did. I know. I, I didn't see it either. It's on DVD now. And I like, and, and it's fine. I understand Jennifer Lawrence didn't know she would be in two big franchises. She was trying to build her career when really she wants to do, like, Oscar stuff. She didn't know she was going to blow up after American Hustle and all that, but... I mean, you can breach your contract. It's happened before. Look at Edward Norton. Well, I guess technically Edward Norton got fired. <laughs> yeah. But look at Terrence Howard. Like, you, if you want to leave, leave. Yeah, it's not that hard. Like, I I won't be mad at you. Do what you want to do. Be happy. Yeah, then... Because the- I'd rather that than a half-ass performance where you don't give a shit. Right, and then, too... If they had to Fassbender re- doesn't want to keep doing these movies either, but he still gives a good performance where you wouldn't know that unless you read interviews. Yeah. You wouldn't know he wanted to leave. This is like his last one, and he wants to leave. Yeah, and her... Because he actually gives a crap. If she left, not only would that be good, first of all, but it would be easy for the writers to write around yeah. that based on the ending of Days of Future Past. Yeah. yeah, she went off on her own. Yeah. But she's a better person now, Done. But they're like, well, we need a big draw because all these other people are no names, so we need your forms. Although it's like you, you still have McAvoy. And yeah, I think you underestimate the following. Because just when I was talking to my coworker the other day, and he doesn't watch these movies that frequently, mm-hmm. he sees them because he still has the same days of Future Past. Right. right. But, like, I'd be like, oh yeah, Jennifer Lawrence. He's like, Wait, Jennifer Lawrence was in that movie? Like, he doesn't really remember that character resonating like that. But what is he talking about? Because he doesn't. Because none of these characters outside of Wolverine well, resonate. But what is Fox he talking about? doesn't care. But what does he talk about? He's like, <laughs> is Fassbender and McAvoy in it? I'm like, yeah. He's like, those guys are awesome. Yeah, I definitely want to see it. Yeah, they have a fan base that kind of transcends. Yeah. Oh, well, we have Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, we don't care. Especially Fassbender. He's a good looking guy. It brings in the women. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm a straight guy. I can make. I can see why women find Michael Fassbender to be very. Oh yeah, he's edgy. You know, yeah. everything. The bad boy. Yep. And he's a great actor. So yeah. And he has good taste in women. He used to date Nicole Barry. I'm not sure what happened there while they broke up, but he did used to date. Her. So, yeah, for all you black women out there, Michael Fassbender does date women of color. I'm just saying, you might have a shot. Shoot your shot. You might got a chance. <laughs> you might got a chance. <laughs> so, if you see him at the club. Yeah, just just like we brought up with ScarJo and Black Panther. I don't think she's single, but I'm just saying, hey. <laughs> Might have a chance. Uh, it might have been unintentional, but it did yeah. kind of look like she was giving him an eye. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah. Is there anything else you want to bring up? No, that was basically it for this. Oh, I, and I, I was just going to bring up, uh, some last of Civil War. Uh, yeah, um, it's a good thing this ended the way it did, because looking at Cap's team compared to Tony, I'm like, other than Vision, who do you have? Because Black Widow left. Black Panther really was never on your team to begin with. Right. <laughs> And so it's basically you, uh, Cripple, Cripple Rhodey, and Vision. So it's a good thing Cap is like. Well, cool. technically, I guess you still have Spider Man, but not really. Yeah, he's going back to New York. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's a good thing. Cap still Cap has is full so team. Because otherwise, pretty... when that don't show up, uh, you guys would be kind of kind of screwed. Well, and that's another thing too. This is has none has no ill effect on the movie. But for all the people that are talking, about, oh yeah, I'm Team uh, Iron Man. He's gonna beat Cap's ass. I was like, yeah, you no! see. It? Hold, on, hold on, I was like, so how did that movie turn? I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, that's hey, right. Cap beat that ass. There's a scene. Work where uh Tony's AI, the new one, the female one, tells him, You can't right. beat him hand to hand when Cap is whooping that ass like bit, right bit, up against bit, the wall, <laughs> hitting him with haymakers. Rocky Balboa on him, right? Shit. And again, you can't beat him. Tony can't fight, he's not Black Panther. Take away the suit, he's nothing. <laughs> yeah, even no. what the suit Cap was whipping on. And if you start bringing up prep time, we'll close the conversation. Right. <laughs> Like, heck, Ant-Man almost took him out the game <laughs> by disabling his suit. I'm just saying. <laughs> like, you people are foolish. Tony Stark don't want none of Steve Rogers. Well, as this movie proved, because when he did get the upper hand, how did he get the upper hand? Friday, recognize his fight pattern. Right. It's like, oh, you right. cheat. He had to cheat. <laughs> you whacked Tony. To cheat. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I, would have, I guess it's supposed to be that whole moment where the family was supposed to go, yeah, when he's like, all right, let's kick his ass. I'm like, you bitch. You had to cheat. And then in the end, it was obvious Cap was still holding back. <laughs> well, then when I found out what Cap's real powers are, I was like, oh, wait, so Cap doesn't even get fatigued, so he's just no! playing with you. He's just playing he's with you. He's a little superhero. Yeah, he can't get drunk. Yeah, I know that part. He can't get drunk. He has a healing factor. Yeah. I didn't know that he doesn't get fatigued. I nope. thought at least he still has to catch his breath, but apparently no. not. And it's like, no, oh. you saw him chasing down Black Panther Bucky, no? Which was a great action scene, yeah. too. When they're running through a fucking tunnel where there's cars. And a police car has to chase them while they're on right. foot. It's like, wow. And Bucky literally has to hop on a motorcycle to get away from Black Panther. <laughs> and he still catches him. Yeah. And Cap has to get in the car. <laughs> like, Jesus, guys, too bad. Like, there was that meme <laughs> from Winter Soldier where Cap was running past uh, Falcon, and then on the other side is Black Panther, like, on your six. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like Tony's yeah. A, a guy in a suit, and he got that ass. Whooped. <laughs> yep. I was shocked though. I was like, "Oh, so he actually amputated Bucky's arm, though?" Yeah. Like, well, damn. And I also didn't see that twist coming with Bucky. I mean, I knew it was gonna come back because they kept showing that scene. Yeah. And I was like, "Why?" And I didn't catch on until Tony was looking at the monitor. I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. <laughs> and Cat was like, "What is it?" I was like, "Uh oh." It's like, oh. Especially since they never told us how Tony's parents died till now. Even though there is a continuity error. Because they did mention that his dad did die in a car accident. It was in the one of the newspaper clips, mm-hmm. if you watch Winter Soldier, when, uh, what's his name? The computer brain. Yeah. It's, you know, laying out the plan and talking about Hydra and shit. One of the clips that they show really quick is a newspaper clip that says Howard Stark dies in a car accident. But, the continuity error, he still dies in the car accident in this movie, but the continuity error, the picture shown is that of Dominic Cooper's Howard Stark. 
Yeah. Saying that he was younger when he died, not... Which doesn't add up, because yeah. they had uh, John Slattery precast as Howard Stark. Before Cooper. Right. So, it's... Yeah. But, yeah. That's that, a big that, That's here. a small, small flaw. But, no. The thing... I thought think they're setting up, uh, which, which why I don't think... Which is why I kind of get why they changed the name of Infinity War is... Uh, yeah, technically... Well, not technically. Tony did tell Thunderbolt Ross to F you, so... Obviously, he's going to need superhumans, and it's Thunderbolt Ross, so... Again, he was trying to play it cool in this movie, but... If I'm supposed to believe he just all of a sudden gave up his heart on for Banner, I'm not buying it. I'm sure he still (laughs) wants to capture him and or kill him. So... Well, that's going to be a small so I, subplot. Yeah, so, yeah, what I think they're going to do is what they did in the comics where there was the main Avengers and then there was the secret Avengers. Or they might do, because I think Marvel wouldn't care about getting compared to DC on this. Marvel does have their own version of the Suicide Squad called the Thunderbolts, and Thunderbolt Ross is in this movie where it's the same thing, a bunch of super villains get recruited to basically fight threats. So, like I said, I think they chose Thunderbolt Ross intentionally. And like I said, unlike DC, I don't think Marvel would care one bit if people said, this is just like Suicide Squad. They would be like, so? We're going to do it better. So? We don't care. Compare us. Because this movie was very similar to Batman and Superman, so clearly Marvel doesn't give a fuck. So... They're like, oh, DC is fuck Marvel? Okay, fuck you right back. <laughs> We're going to do all your shit, but better. So fuck I think, movie. like I said, so, because I know our buddy Chris was worried that all the stuff that happened in this movie, as great as it was, is just going to get wiped away when Thanos comes. I don't think so. I think it's going to be like what happened in comics, where it's never going to be the same like it was ever again. <laughs> What, is he worried that they're just going to be like, oh, yeah, we're all friends again? Yeah. But no, like, Cap and Tony, they, they can be cool, but that relationship is not going to be the same. Scarlet Witch and Vision, that's not going to be the same. Well, Black Widow and Clint will be the same. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. But everybody not named Cap on his team hates Tony, so they're not going to be all we're friends now. Especially not Wanda. Like, you tried to lock me up. <laughs> no, what do you mean, tried? Well, yeah. You did end up locked up in a straight jacket. Right. Which I'm like, wow. Which that's... I understand, because you can't give her access to her hands. Because yeah. <laughs> she'll start fucking with Gar's hands and get out, like, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> so, I understand. You got... But, yeah, I'm like, a straight jacket? For real? And even Iron Man at that point is like, damn. Yeah, maybe I this went a little, is a too little far. far. Thunderbolt Ross, and yeah. I'm I'm just saying they introduced a whole prison designed to hold supervillains. I find it hard to believe that Capstone was the only people in there. <laughs> that they built it just for them. I, I find it hard to believe. So, like I said, if we get like a Hope Buster or like a Thunderbolts movie, and that's our solo Hope movie or whatever, I would not be shocked one bit. If that is gonna happen. It, it... 
I don't think it's going to happen because they already have all the movies lined up yeah. before Infinity War, and that's definitely not one of them. And I don't see any traces of it showing up in Thor Ragnarok. It's yeah. like Thor Ragnarok is going to You know why I, I do think, like, there's going to be consequences for Tony telling <laughs> Thunderbolt to F off and letting Cap escape. Probably in Infinity Wars Part 1. It's not, like I said, it's not going to be... Like I said, a small subplot right before Thanos shows up and then it's like, well, we can't talk about this (laughs) shit no more. Things just got real. (laughs) Like I said, at the very least, I think at some point they're going to pay that off. Like I said, because Thunderbolt Ross is a big character. They could have cast a random nobody. I think they put him and the same actor for a reason. Hmm. Which is, like I said, why I think they changed the name. Because I, I think in, Infinity Wars Part 1 is not really going to be Infinity War Part 1. It's going to be, like, a different plot. And Thanos is going to show up, like, probably not at the end, but towards the middle of the movie, and then it's going to go from there. Because he still has to get the rest of the jewel. Let's not forget that. He only has one. Well, no, two. He has two because he got the one from Guardians of the Galaxy, or did he? Try. No. No. That's with the Nova Core. You're right. That's with the Nova Core. So, yeah, he, he just has the call. And Vision has one. That's not going to be easy to get. Oh, yes, it is. Just come down and kill Vision. <laughs> it's that simple. <laughs> well, that's He'd probably just snap his fingers. Because Vision is ridiculously powerful. He'd probably just put his hand on Vision's head and crush it. Um, Done. Yeah. We have two on Earth, the one in Loki's staff, and I forget the other one. The Tesseract. I think, or something. I don't know. Because, yeah, I, I know they've introduced all five. I just, and, and even as somebody who pays a lot of attention to these movies, the I'm ether from trying Thor. to remember where they all are. The ether from Thor. Yeah, Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we got that one, the one from Guardians, Visions one. The Thanos has one, and I'm trying to remember where the last one is. Because I swore they've introduced all five gems, but like I said, I, even as somebody who pays a lot of attention, I, I'm having trouble keeping track. Uh, whatever. It's all convoluted and it'll be so, simplified when he comes out and just starts taking shit. Well, I, I'm just saying, he still has to get <laughs> the full guard. That shouldn't take any more than 20 minutes, Phil. <laughs> it really shouldn't. <laughs> get that shit in 20 minutes and he, you can work out the whole Thunderbolt Ross subplot on the side while, th- while it's intercut with Thanos taking the gems. Then by the time Thunderbolt Ross is done dicking around, <laughs> Thanos will be ready to kill everybody. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, either way, it's not going to be like it is. Like I said, it's going to be the main Avengers and Cap's team, like it was in the comics. The oh, and then the people Avengers. that aren't Avengers at all, but just show up because... Right. <laughs> like Captain Marvel. Hey, I'm here, guys. What's up? Oh, Thanos is here. All right. Cool. That's that's probably like, that's probably what's going to happen. Spider-Man like said, too. Tony basically has no team right now. <laughs> no team. Spider-Man probably just show up eating the burger. What's going on here? Oh, shit! <laughs> Thanos! Or, oh, wait, I'm not supposed to know your name. Big guy with glove. Is that the Nintendo Power Glove? Yeah, he probably yeah. is going to 
will say that, like, hey, guys, this guy has a power glove? <laughs> like he was with Winter Soldier. You have a metal arm, too? Awesome. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> uh, uh, and Bucky should have been like, yeah, but if only you knew what I had to go through to get this. <laughs> you right. think it's so cool. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it because that was what I was going to mention in our main review, but didn't this movie also succeeded where other Marvel movies didn't, like Age of Ultron and Iron Man 2, where it integrated the larger Marvel stuff without it feeling forced or without dragging down the main plot. It was all fluid and well done. Yep. So uh, I'm excited and... Uh, yeah, Team Marvel. Uh, yeah, that concludes our review. Thanks for listening to this. Assuming you're still listening to this long discussion. But hey, we've been gone a while, so you know, this is a lot of stuff we had to get out just. You can find our show by searching Stitcher Radio app for the Midnight Watch or go to our main site, The Midnight Watch, all over com. And thank you all for listening, and uh, I'm glad to be back. Good night. Good night.